Good evening, and welcome back to the Diz Dad Podcast Plus. I'm your host, Aaron Ripmaster, and with me tonight in Man Cave are my trusty co-hosts, Tim Hicks, We're back! and Willie Crocker. Hey! All right, uh, so we thought we'd call this show a return to normalcy-ish. Uh, we're going to talk about a number of important announcements that have come out just in the last few weeks about Walt Disney World and really um, Disney travel experiences in general, getting more, more at least, back to what we're used to, to seeing. Um, and we're going to focus on some specific things that we're really excited uh, about coming up here shortly. But before we get into that discussion, we do need to thank our podcast sponsors, um, Diz Dad's Podcast Plus is made possible by Wicked Mouse Travel and by Mouse Master Travel. Both are authorized Disney vacation planners who would love to help make sure that your family gets to experience all of these wonderful new things going on uh, at Disney Parks and Resorts and on Disney Cruise Line. So uh, you can check them out at their respective websites, um, wickedmousetravel.com and mousemastertravel.com. Okay, so we kind of started this run of of news with um, the last of the Walt Disney World Resort hotels that had been shuttered for the pandemic, um, you know, finally reopening. So we now have all of the Walt Disney World Resort hotels open again. Um, Hey, finally. And, and as far as I know, um, you know, you, you all correct me if I'm wrong, if you've heard something different, but, um, that also means that, you know, with the opening of all-star sports, um, all of the all-star resorts now have gotten the same, um, value resort update that started at pop century. So they all now have the, the hard surface floors, the queen size beds. There are no more, um, you know, double beds in in any of the sort of standard resort rooms at walt disney world anymore right and the nope. value resorts exactly not value yeah. but right. well there, there's one exception right we all know exactly the one exception. right <laughs> so what's the exception Willie? The that's the pirate rooms at the caribbean beach <laughs> and they're never going away <laughs> too popular <laughs> no it has nothing to do with popularity it's because they had the beds custom made Oh, okay. they spent a bunch of money even on the beds, and and the worst part is that they're not even comfortable. They're horrible. Oh, they're just I've terribly uncomfortable some... beds, and and they're stuck with them. And they're you know they're they're double beds instead of queen size beds because that's what they ordered at the time because that's what was in the moderate resorts, and they're still marketing those as as premium rooms at Caribbean Beach Resort, even though they're the last remaining full size beds. And those who are not in the know don't know, do they? No, they don't. No. <laughs> and that's what usually gets the discount, which right. is what people don't realize. You arrive and you have this cool pirate ship bed and no one fits in it. <laughs> and you're not going to get a good night's sleep in it. Right. At it's all. uncomfortable and small. And it's and, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But there's a reason that, you know, there's a reason that they're, they're on sale often because they don't get sold otherwise. Um. Okay, well, let, let's get on to more positive news um, than the <laughs> long-awaited update of those pirate rooms. Yeah, um, we're starting to get past spring break and everything, and we're getting into summer travel planning, so let's exactly. go. Exactly, and that really is what all this is about. It's all looking forward to um, sort, of, sort of later in spring and summer. And if we go through these sort of in terms of, of a, a chronological rollout, so the first big announcement that's going to be coming up here in just about a week from now is that 
we're finally going to start seeing the return of regular character meet and greets in the Disney parks and on Disney cruise line. Um, What's that mean? That means, you know, no more, no more distanced character meets, no more fences separating people from characters, um, the return of hugs, and even the return of character autographs. That's great. And that's I don't a know, huge thing. I don't know what they mean by they're starting, they're phasing it in because the way I read it, it sounds like you'll be able to hug them, high five them, get their autograph. So I'm not sure what phased in means, but hey, it's coming back and one thing not to not to forget about either is if you're talking about the meet and greets, you're also talking about character dining, aren't you? So they never said anything about the dining. Right. What well, I saw. They what I saw they did. They, said, oh, okay. they, cool. did, they didn't make a big deal of it. They didn't they didn't talk about it so much, but it's in the video. So if you look at the video they used, some of the video that they use is from character dining experiences, experiences. when yep. when they were releasing the information about it and i expect it'll be phased like everything else um so i mean i I was going to ask about that so i think that there's you know legitimate questions to ask in terms of what does it mean that they're phasing them in um and i i pulled the language this is exactly the language that was posted on disney parks blog with the announcement they said um that's right very soon you will once again be able to hug mickey mouse get an autograph from Mulan and share a laugh with Goofy. So I thought that was significant because that references, you know, two different kinds of characters, right? That was the big one for me because it seemed to me, and and we may still see this in terms of phasing it in, but when they say they're going to phase them in, one thing is that I, I suspect that the first characters we're going to see come back are those characters that don't speak. Right, the ones right. with the big heads. Yep. Correct. That's what I was guessing. I was thinking face characters are last. Exactly, because right, mm-hmm. you know, if if you're if you're a friend of Goofy, you're a friend of Mickey Mouse, you can be wearing a mask, and nobody knows. Correct. Because you're not and, supposed to talk anyway. Yeah, exactly. You can wear, a and mask I think you, but the 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 costumes also you know deter anything back and forth. So right, you know, and I think that's, that's what's holding back. 1900 park fair yeah because it's all face yes. characters it's yes. all face characters it's just well, like at least at least at dinner right but you know what right. i'm saying like yeah. overall it's it's what's holding it back just like tutora or found forno for breakfast where right. that's all face characters too right yeah and and you know that's why it's going to be interesting to see when they say phased in right it's going to be interesting to see you know how that works i, I think there's two two pieces to this probably one is, I think, you know, what we've just been talking about, that dichotomy between the characters who can be wearing a mask underneath their costume and those who, um, you know, they, they're just going to have to wait until they're comfortable not being masked. But the, the second issue there, and it's somewhat related, is I, I think some of this, you know, phased opening is a staffing issue as well, right? Because you have to have enough cast members, you have to have enough you know, Anna and Elsa <laughs> who are willing to be unmasked in, in that proximity and unmasked mm-hmm, right. to, to move to that phase. And, you know, given the, the issues on and off with their labor force that Disney has had, I, I think they're going to be reluctant to force it. I can't see them forcing it because they'll leave. Well, that's the other piece of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, Peter so Pan is concerned. Peter Pan's awesome, but I mean, it's face to face, and if if you have to hug four hundred people every two hours before your break, you're risking your life. Quite literally, because this new variant that's sweeping around is is just as contagious as um, as Omicron was. Right. So, um, yeah, it's that's no joke. So they gotta they gotta be prepared for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so, it's Florida. So so. What they what they've said is that they'll be starting April 18th, and then they'll kind of roll out from there. Um, you know, m- my best guess is that we'll probably see, you know, as we said, the, these characters that are costume characters, um, you know, probably exclusively costume characters doing up close meet and greet. 
probably, you know, into May, maybe at the least. first month or so at least. Yeah. See how it goes. Exactly. I think probably it's still Memorial Day weekend, and then we'll see. Well, and, and I think there's going to be a lot of attention focused on Memorial Day weekend as a the next big phase, Ooh, right? Yeah. If for no other reason, then that's the, the next big announcement, right? Um, because, you know, we, we did get confirmation that uh, the, 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 the hastily deleted tweet um, <laughs> that declared that Cosmic Rewind would open Memorial Day uh, was at least roughly correct because it's Memorial Day weekend, um, May 27th, which is the, the Friday before Memorial Day weekend. So, or the Friday of, you know, Friday of Memorial the actual Day weekend. Day. Right. Uh, so, so in we, short, if you're thinking about that and you don't already have your park reservations for Epcot, you better jump on it or you're not going to get it, right? Yeah. I, I, I think I it's already sold today, out. But my guess is they're gone. Um, but, uh, you know, I think this is really exciting. Um, just a, a few kind of uh, fun numbers about Cosmic Rewind to mention. So um, first things first, we do have a height requirement for it. Um, and it's interesting to me. It, it, it slots into an interesting spot. Um, it's a 42-inch height requirement, which puts it right in between your Big Thunder Mountain Railroad at 40 inches and Space Mountain at 44. That is interesting. I wonder um, if there's, uh, given that there was another tragedy that happened at a different theme park in Florida, will there be a weight limit? I have to wonder. Um, I don't think so because although it goes pretty fast and it has some, some you know, twists and, and things like that, it doesn't invert at all. Right? So right. It, it doesn't have the same kinds of risks. I mean, yes, you go up far, but you go up far connected to the track. And it's not like you're, you know, you don't you're not upside down. Yeah. It's not. A, and it's not a drop, right? It's not something that's trying to shake you out of the car. Right. And it's, it's, it's kind of like, uh, for the, uh, for purposes of comparison, like a tilt to world, it's a free rotating car. Therefore, no, 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 the, no, the weight quite. should pull you back. Should it not? Well, it, it's not a free rotating car. It's a rotating car. And I say that because this is kind of a big deal. And, and it was one of the big engineering challenges of the attraction, right? There have been, even at Walt Disney World, um, roller coasters already that, that freely rotate, right? We had that at, um, at, at Primeval Hurl, right? Um, where, you know, it oh just, my gosh, yep. it just had, rotated based had, on momentum. Had. Wait, right, it closed. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but Cosmic Rewind is different. It rotates, but it rotates intentionally. It rotates in order to point the riders at the show scenes. Right. And yes, it can go 360 degrees, but it goes where it's pointed to go, not it's programmed just to go. Random yeah. where it's programmed. And and the key is that they had to come up with a way to basically you know provide power <laughs> in each individual ride vehicle in order to operate the system that rotates the car so you know touching the track it might be hot <laughs> actually that's a good point um there is a bus bar in the track so there there will be parts of of the it's i just was reading this today it's a very interesting sort of technological solution so in the places where they can it's bus bar powered and then underneath the vehicle itself essentially the vehicle has a capacitor so that it powers up from contact with the bus bar and then the capacitor carries the, the energy as the vehicle goes and just you know uses it up as it goes through the attraction until, until it gets, it gets the next bus bar. right until okay. the next bus bar gotcha um kind of ingenious. So it's basically a generator you're sitting on a generator <laughs> when you put it like that not really a generator <laughs> but i mean it's, it's, holding the energy. It's, it's, it's like a battery it's yeah just, you know, right it's battery. i mean it's holding energy it's, right yeah, it's, it's short it's a capacitor as a storage unit which is awesome yeah yeah it really is pretty cool um and so that that's what allows them to to point it so it, it's interesting it, it, in some ways to me it reminds me a little bit of sort of the unspoken piece of uh, uh, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, right? Where 
nobody really said it, but what we learned when it opened was that the fact that the cars swayed meant that those really intense curves that smaller kids were getting thrown against the side of the car and at, at um, Big Thunder and things like that were much more comfortable because That's the swaying impact. car absorbed some of that energy, right? Yep. Made yep. it a smoother turn. Well, I have a feeling that that some of that, you know, will happen with uh, uh, this this you know Cosmic Rewind coaster. In that, if you've seen some of the the photos of the the track with the lights on that they released, there are some really tight turns and dips and things. But those can feel more comfortable if, as you're darting through them, right your car is being intentionally pointed and is sort of absorbing some of those G forces by moving right. along with them. Right. I think it's, I think it's ingenious. I really do. I can't wait to write it. Um, and it, it, I'm super it's, excited about it. It, it. It's an engineering Marvel. I love when Disney does this. I've been talking about this. I mean, we had this conversation with Ratatouille, right? Where we said, yes, Exactly. This was an we're opportunity about a to, right. to really go out in something brand new, and they didn't. They chose not to. Instead, they're doing it here. Um, right. You know, it is among other things. Catch this. How many of you realized it's the first roller coaster in Epcot? Yes, I, I did yeah. catch that. I mean, you got your thrill rides like you know, uh, Soren and, and Test Track, but not those are not roller coasters per no. se. And there have been two or three coasters that have been proposed for Epcot, right? We talked about these way back when we talked about, you know, never built attractions, but you had a Mount, a Mount Fuji coaster that at one time was going to get built in Japan. You had the, the proposal to turn Spaceship Earth into a, a coaster. Um, and I think there was even one other that I'm not remembering off the top of my head right now. Wasn't there going to be something behind Mexico or Mexico, Norway kind of area? Or is, am I thinking? Different? I thought it was Germany. I remember. I know there was. Yeah, I, mean, was I think it might have there. been Germany. But but in any case, there have been proposals for other roller coasters. They've never actually gone to construction. So this is the first roller coaster in Epcot. Um, it's the first reverse launch coaster anywhere at Disney. Um, and my understanding is that it uses essentially the same launch technology that rock and roller coaster uses, right? Oh, those those my. magnetic. Yeah. So that's a fast launch going backwards. Exactly. Um, and it's the first reverse launch for any Disney coaster anywhere. Um, it is one of the longest fully enclosed roller coasters in the world. In the world. Well, yeah. If, if you've seen the building, you've got little doubt about that. It's humongous. Okay, so here's the fun stuff that I love these. The fun facts about that <laughs> building. The Cosmic Rewind show building, right? The, the building proper that has the coaster in it. Uh -huh. You could put four spaceships Earth inside. Dang. That tells building. you how big it is. Yeah. I mean, I knew it was big, but wow. Right. And Tim, you've walked down from Spaceship Earth. Yeah. <laughs> True enough. <laughs> It's, it's big, my friends. <laughs> yeah. You could put four of those golf balls in there. <laughs> Just think about that. That's like, that's like when they said that you could put two magic kingdoms in the magic kingdom parking lot and still have room to run around. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's just massive, and, and it makes me think, you know, we've, we've heard some complaints from some people that are, oh, this huge, you know, show building is such a, a visual blight. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, we were we were there in January, and it wasn't even ready to open yet, but, but the building was up and it was painted. Yes, you could see it if you looked for it, but... You had to look for it. Right, and, and if you looked up towards that area of Epcot, it's not like it dominated the skyline. You know, it, it's painted in such a way that it really does just kind of blend into the Blends sky. right in. That's true. And I've been there, I think, since you two guys have. Yeah, you have. And, and it's, yeah, right. it, 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 you're exactly right. You you have to be looking for it to see it. Um, it blends very nicely. And then you go, oh, you might be looking in that direction. You go, oh, I, that, I bet that's Cosmic Rewind over there. Right. It's it's not just a, a big behemoth that, that dominates the landscape like Harmonious does. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the other thing. I mean, Harmonious also is 
in the middle. Right, yep. right. Cosmic is side, literally I mean, off to the side. The yeah. And and let's let's not let's not be, you know, coy about it. I mean, Ellen's energy adventure was no was no dainty, you no. know, hidden structure either. <laughs> Remember, folks, that was a 45-minute ride. It had some landscape. It had yes, some, it did. You know, some real estate, some footprint to it. Yeah. And and, and Cosmic Rewind is, is certainly no more. Uh, you know, no more of a, a mark on the landscape than Ellen's energy adventure was. Um, and frankly, they've done a beautiful job with the theming around it. And that's just from what we've seen so far. Um, you know, the, the spaceship out front, the, the star, what do they call it? The star. What is that? It's a cool looking thing. I mean, yeah. it's, it's the Zendari- Zendarian, right. you know, spaceship, the starship, but um it's just really cool. It really is. You get up close to it. It is, it is so spot on to design and, and features. And I mean, it, it looks like you're looking at one of those things. Well, and, and I love the, I think, you know, and, and this is one of those things that we saw in galaxy's edge as well, but in the design of it, it's very clear when you get up close to it, they designed it so that it didn't just look like a statue. Mm-hmm. Right. It's right. not this pristine statue. If you get up close to it and you look carefully, you can see that there are parts of the ship that look to be, you know, battle worn and, you know, have have scraped areas and mm-hmm. it's it's been in use. Right. It's it's done. Done. It looks it's like job. they got one and 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 tethered it to the the the, the post there. Right. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I think the idea is that those posts are supposed to be sort of launch, you know, like like intentionally that that's that's what they're supposed to launch from could be right it's a, a landing so cool. plot of sorts very neat um so that's very cool i love this whole idea of the uh the galaxarium <laughs> right the pre-show area which is yep. is got like a planetarium like ceiling only it's the whole galaxy and it's so large like you're gonna look up I mean, the show building at Rise of the Resistance is absolutely amazing. You know, the Stormtrooper room, that's right. so big. Yeah. And yeah. this makes this thing look, makes it look small. <laughs> I mean, because you look in the, like, we were in this show building for, what, 45 minutes an hour that night? One oh, time yeah, era? yeah. And you looked around enough that, you, I mean, and that place is enormous. You know, I mean, they got the Adadas in the other room and this and that. Right, right. Like, and this thing dwarfs it. Well, and and it's a beautiful use of that space too, because you know, with the lights off and the the just the the starlight sky and and the planetarium like uh, you know projection of the the galaxy and the stars and all that, it's just it's me- that kind of thing to me is just mesmerizing. Um, so well, I apologize in advance to the people behind me in line. You may have to nudge me. I'll be lost in the stars. <laughs> well, that's okay. Hey, that's allowed. My my college uh, science classes were done in the planetarium. I love that stuff. I I totally geek out on it. Excellent. Well, um, I can't wait. So we've got all that. Um, I love the the they've they've approached this in a way that um, you know some of the folks were complaining that that bringing guardians of the galaxy into Epcot was going to ruin the character of Epcot and all of this stuff. I love how the Imagineers have played with sort of establishing the reality of the Zandarian story, right? Because they've set this attraction up. It's in future, in what we, what we used to call future world. It's now going to be called world discovery in that area. Um, but it's set up essentially like a world showcase pavilion, right? You've got the Zendarian, essentially the Zendarian pavilion there where cosmic rewind is, where the galaxarium is, where the wonders of Xandar store is right. And it's very much an echo of the way that say the Japan pavilion is set up in world showcase right i i can't wait to see what what ancillary uh places are going to be put in i mean you got the you you've got that little area developed 
I can see it being developed further. Okay, there's going to be another restaurant. There's going to be another, you know, some some more merchandise uh, shops and things like that. I could see that. I could totally see that happening, and I hope it does. Well, and it's the whole thing is going to be a great opportunity for, you know, because it is this sort of interplanetary way station, right? It, it becomes a place where they can do some sort of character meet and greets that you don't normally get to do in other places in, in Walt Disney world, right? Because it's interplanetary. So things we can have visiting, right? I mean, it wouldn't be strange necessarily to have stitch show up there (laughs) because stitch is a space traveler, but by the same token, you could have, you know, the, the kinds of characters like guardians of galaxy that are not, blocked out by the the, the universal, universal agreement beyond. right yeah right so will we get rocket will we get you know any of those characters uh, well i mean we know we get them in the attraction uh right. but i mean i mean like to sign autographs and that sort of thing right like well i would suspect that we may get um you know uh gamora and star lord star lord mm-hmm. because right we've had them in the dance mm-hmm. party right so I, I would expect that there's a good chance that we'll get them as meet and greet characters as well. Um, and I believe they're supposed to be meet and greet in, in either the wonders of Xandar or the Galaxarium building. Very cool. The other thing is I think, and this is just speculation from what I've heard. I think there's going to be a hotel built over near there. I've heard things like that, but I've heard that it was on the other side, like when the other, the flip side of um, uh, what used to be. Um, uh, help me out here, guys. Ellen <laughs> or? No, over uh, where Club Cool used to be. Oh, oh like in no, the middle no, of the park. No. Yeah, yeah, I no. don't think they're going to put it in the middle of the park. No, no it's going to be over on that side because they can put it over near the parking lot. Yeah, that, it and needs to be on an edge so they don't have to worry about people being right. actually in the park. Right, having to go into the park to get right. The, the Kingdom park. Keepers can't get in, <laughs> <laughs> but you can access. Kind of, I'm thinking like the Grand Californian, where you can access, you know, into it from right. the parking lot, but right. still be able to let out within the park. It's right. just like the Star Cruiser, exactly. Exactly, uh, and and that that I could see happening. I know that for a long time there was a rumor of that, although the rumor before was on the sort of the other side of the park, right? Um, mm. Kind of next to where France is. Right. Um, oh, way over there, yeah. But I don't think you can do it there now because if you There's built no it there now, you'd ruin the view of Riviera. Right. Which you can't right. do. You can't go up. You don't want to do charge that. a premium there. Yep. Um, so if they did it, they'd have to do it back on the, on, you know, on that other side. Um I wouldn't be surprised to see it. I think that, um, you know, obviously we're speculating at this point, but, you know, the theming becomes a challenge. Um, if you want to theme it along with with Marvel, Guardians, that kind of stuff, you know, now you're running into issues with the Universal licensing issues and I, IP issues. Yeah. But what if you, okay, just hear me out on this. What if you had rooms that the windows were like one-sided mirrors you could see from the room into the attraction, but it doesn't disrupt the attraction with light from the rooms. That would be, oh, that'd be cool. Totally cool. Yeah. You'd are, have to have some Disney? like master level sound isolation. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, like a five foot thick insulated <laughs> walls or something, but uh, I, think but, I mean, the, the point is, I can see it happening. I, I just don't see them being in a rush to do it, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, oh, yeah. that to me seems like a, you know, five to ten years down the road at least project. Sure. Ish. Um, yeah. Ish. Like the name of the show. Ish. Right. Ish. Right. I mean, you you never know because hotels make money. Right. Yes. And there is no right now, no stopping the demand for hotel space. Hotels, at, at right. Exactly. Okay. Except here's the problem. Park reservations. Well, and, and the fact that, that yes, there's, it, it feels like there's a, a, you know, not enough hotel rooms at Walt Disney world. 
but I'm, I'm fairly comfortable saying that that's most likely because they're not using all their capacity. Possible. Right. They I 200% agree. Yeah. They, they don't have the staff right now. And that's the, that's the, the holdup. It's not physical buildings. It's they don't have housekeeping staff to, to service all the rooms. They don't have, um, you know, food and beverage help. staff to, to staff the quick service restaurants for more people. I mean, that's the restriction right now. Right. And I'm hoping that uh, bringing back the, 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 the foreign relations kind of uh, uh, staff member will help alleviate that to some extent. We'll see. It should help. I mean, if they can get if they can get the international program rolling again, sort of, which is supposed to be coming, it's gonna yeah, it's just gonna take a while. It's gonna take a yep. while to scale back up. Yep. Um, but but if they can get that program back up, it'll help a lot, especially in Epcot. Um, and you know, obviously, we'll, we'll need to see. But I expect that we'll see the college program beginning to expand again. Um, you know, they brought the the beginnings of the program back, but I haven't seen anything about sort of expanding that program yet. Um, I think that they're kind of playing it slow partially because my guess is they're going to reduce the density of the, um, the college program housing, right? Because when people were, were getting their housing through Disney, I want to say some of those, uh, you know, college program cast member housing, they were, you know, four to six, Four, four to six in a house, yeah. Yeah. Uh, They're going to move that down. Houses, not houses. Those were apartments. Right. Um, and I, I don't think they want to be at that level of density if they can help it at all. Well, I think the new Flamingo Crossing is going to help. It should. The other thing that, I mean, what I've heard, I'm not like. Is, you hear this from a bus driver? <laughs> no, not a bus driver. Um, once the international staff come back people from epcot can go back to their original jobs right there's it's, definitely a, a you know a serial effect domino effect right the bus drivers are bus drivers but like most of my um cast members that i worked with not worked with um had beers with and the uk pavilion most of them worked over at uh, grand floridian And they miss their tea time and they miss their 1900 Park Fair. Because 1900 Park Fair was such a cash cow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like you know, Crystal Palace. And... Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there, there will definitely be a domino effect. Um, we know that, that college program kids are disproportionately in, you know, food and beverage and in, um, uh, you know, some of those sort of frontline customer service positions. And so, you know, getting them back, especially to put in places like quick service, you know, finally frees up the more experienced cast to go back to table service and go back to um, the sort of higher level customer service positions that right now are just overwhelmed because they don't have the, i think that's, the that's also true the inter, the inter, international kids that are there too you know they're they're going to be the ones that are client facing customer facing whether it's food service or uh in the merchandise shops or that sort yep. of thing and that frees up the people that are that had to move there so they had coverage to be able to go back to what they were doing yeah absolutely exactly um so so you know as we say things getting back to normal ish um We've got meet and greets coming back. We've got, you know, our first major attraction. Ratatouille was a big one, but this is this mm-hmm. is the first sort of thrill attraction that we've had open post-pandemic. Um, and we have, you know, sort of the new, the the brand new and the old, right? Um Cosmic Rewind opens May 27th, which is right about when they're gonna start taking reservations again for one of the oldest continual. Uh, mm-hmm. continuous attractions. Well, I guess we can't call it continuous anymore because it closed down for it the pandemic. Close, but, but a fan favorite nonetheless. Right. But a long running, uh, you know, fan favorite show. Um, we're getting hoop to do review back over in Pioneer Hall at Fort Wilderness. So, Willie, I knew you were excited about this one. Hoop-dee. Give us the lowdown on yeah. what we know so far on the return of hoop to do. So, May 27th, 
you can start making your reservations. June, I think, 26th is when the first show happens. 23rd. 23rd, thank you. Yep. yep. They will be doing three shows a day. It'll be four, 6.15, and 8.30. And all the fried chicken you can eat, the ribs-ish. <laughs> Beer and wine. Beer and wine. And huh? the strawberry shortcake with the mm-hmm. washboard to play with the final <laughs> part of the show. I love it. Uh, there's a lot of people that are going to be looking forward to that. It's going to be kind of like uh, post-pandemic travel. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, there's going to be so much pent-up demand to get into Hoopty to review. It's going to be booked for a month. That place is going to be insane. Yep. Well, I'm, I'm glad to see it coming back. I'm glad... If for no other reason than I love seeing more um, live entertainment coming back. Um, I love that those entertainers are going to be back working. Um, and I really think that that's part of what really makes, you know, Disney a different environment, right? That, that live entertainment, the, the shows that, you know, are more than you can get in an, out of an animatronic show or out of a movie. Um, you know, live entertainment just has a, a unique energy to it that I feel like has been, um, missed. you know, the biggest thing we've missed. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's part of the magic. And, um, I know the jammeters have been broken, uh, have been brought back. Um, the street performer in Italy has been brought back. Mm-hmm. Um, they were both there when I was there in February. So, yeah, I mean, you talk a lot and this a complaint I've heard a lot is that, uh, you know, post pandemic, the magic is gone. Well, they're, they're starting to bring it back because of the live entertainment, because of the character meet and greets that are coming back. Um, a lot of the things that you missed that you considered you know, magical for your experience um, in Walt Disney World, they're coming back. You just we, we have to give it a little bit of time to make sure you know, we're being responsible and being safe. But bringing these things back um, is, is going to return that little aspect of magic that some people seem to think has been missing. Well, and, and for example, um, you know, we, we have uh, the return of the major nighttime shows pretty much everywhere now, right? We have those shows. We have dates returning this summer to, to Disneyland, Walt Disney World. We have fireworks back um, in, in Magic Kingdom and in Epcot. We have... Um, did we get a date yet for for the Fantasmic show in Hollywood Studios? Or, no, or, I didn't I've think not so. seen one. No, well, they read, they just drained the um, lake again. So yeah, oh boy, it's it's coming. We got information about about changes coming it's coming show, back, which though. are pretty we know that. So the the big thing is that it is coming back, and and you know, I if I'm speculating, I would say they're going to try and get it back sometime between you know that May that, and June. Right, that Memorial Day and and right. peak summer, you know, before before Fourth of July. And um, is there is a date for World of Color in Disneyland? I mean, there, I know I read uh, to just today that they're actually doing a dining plan type thing where you uh, go into the Plaza Inn for lunch and you get your 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 food, your beverage, but you also get reserved seating for World of Color. Right, it, it's just a, it's a dining package. It's it's kind right. of like the dessert parties at Walt Disney World, which they've brought back. Right. Um, in a big way. Yeah. Huge. But um, yeah, they've been doing those really, I think pretty much since world of color started, they've had a number of different versions of those, um, you know, dinner packages or dessert packages. And it's, it's good to see those coming back because especially, you know, that's a, a standing room show and um, you know, for, for guests that that's really hard to, to wait for um, those dining packages help a lot. I also think that we're going to, we're, we're seeing things getting back more to normal-ish on the cruise line as well. Um, we know as of a couple of weeks ago that the kids clubs are now operating more like normal, right? There's none of this um, sort of limited reservations and right. fixed times and all of that going on in the kids clubs. They've got fireworks at sea happening again, finally, um, which hadn't been going. No, I, we still don't have deck parties yet, but I think those That's are coming. Those are I coming. Mean, it's a matter of time. I agree. Well, when, when I cruised in February, they did have fireworks shows, but they were like spaced out. Spaced you, out. You, you know, they had two shows, one for the early dinner seating and one for the late right. dinner seating, and you had to be spaced out on the deck. So uh, I think it's just a matter of time before that part, uh, that aspect of it goes away and we're back to deck parties. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I mean, you know, deck parties are outdoors, so it's a little easier. Um, but I also think that as part of getting, you know, character gradings up close and personal back, that'll help too with things like pirate night, right? You can do pirate yes. night again when you can have, when you can yes. have characters around, you can do, yep. um, and you know, this one I, I've been watching for just because you know, they've made all this big promotions for, you know, these January, February cruises. Um, we have the return of, uh, of, uh, Marvel Day at Marvel, Sea. Marvel Days at Sea. Yeah. Not yes. Star Wars. Marvel. Season, no. There's no Star Wars Days at Sea this season. Yet. That will, no, no, there no, aren't no, no, any. No. I, don't think, I don't think there are any. No, it, they will be Pixar Days at Sea. Exactly. Pixar Days, yeah, Because yeah. they yes. did Pixar Days at Sea. Now, it's, it's theoretically possible that they could announce later Star Wars Day at Sea for some of those Disney Wish sailings. Mm-hmm. Right? But most of those are sold out. I know. So that's why I'm saying I don't know that they're going to do it. Not right away, anyway. Um, and, and for those of that, those of that are listening that didn't know, the wish has now gone to open sea. For they've left the the shipyard; they're on their way over to the U.S. If they're not already here, so very soon you'll be seeing the repositioning of the Dream into the Miami dock and the Wish into Port Canaveral. There we go. Right. So again, more things that are going to get our you know experiences with the cruise line, with the parks, with the resorts. You know more. Normal-ish, which is what Ish. we've been talking about. Right. Back There's one the more ish. thing I want to bring up. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. What's up? Minivans are back. Yes. Yes, they are. And <laughs> I'm definitely going to do it when I go down next time. I know it's super expensive, but the cool, <laughs> like, it's just so cool to get in a van that looks like a minivan. Well, and you know what? There are practical issues here, too. I got to give them credit for it, right? If you're traveling with small children, I'm sorry. There are a lot of wonderful Uber and Lyft drivers that I think are great people, but I don't trust them to put a child seat in, in no. you know, to install a, a child seat on the floor. Not at all. Unless they have been through a specialized training. Well, it's, and some of them have, but easy. even with that, it's just hard to do it in the amount of time they're trying to do it to keep the rides moving and, you know, keep the, the, Right, because they have to take them in, take them out, take them in, take them out. The difference is that the minivan drivers are Disney employees. And so they're evaluated and their motivations are different, right? They're not necessarily in a huge rush because they're getting paid their hourly rate by Disney. They're not working for themselves like the the standard rideshare drivers are. Right, Right. they're not looking for the next ride. Yeah, right. and and so what it means is that you've got somebody who's a, we know has been trained to install those seats properly and B, you know, is willing to take the time to do it right because the only thing worse than, you know, not having a kid in a safety seat at all is having them in an improperly installed safety seat where right. you relax because you think they're safe and then and something happens. They're not. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So no, I mean, um, these, 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 vans or cars whatever they are they are absolutely stunning like they're so fun to see around property yeah the one thing that i and you guys know this is near and dear to my heart the one thing i wish they would do is at least put a few vans together that have the um uh ramps in the back where a wheelchair Mm. can drive up into the van um that would be on my wish list um and i i know it's more than me there are a lot of people out there that would make use of that if that was available I, I think it was one of those things where it was we started this program and it really went well, but we didn't think about all those things yet. Right. right. That's true. Cause the, the program that we had was essentially a pilot program that they then sort of, you know, put on ice. Right. When the pandemic yep. Um so, you know, I mean, if you'll remember when they first did it, I mean, there was all this speculation that, oh, that was gone forever. And because they'd taken the cars off property, da, da, da. right? No, they were just moving them into storage, you know, where they, they moved them to get serviced and right. then well, they probably they sold them to get new ones. That, that's possible. Now, too. I mean, it's two years. I was right. going to say, I hope they at least started them every few weeks or something. You know what <laughs> well, I mean? That's the point. I mean, <laughs> that's the whole point. They had to put them someplace that was going to care for them instead of just sitting them in a parking garage. Right. Um, 
But I mean, I, I think you make a good point. Frankly, we've seen a lot of, of new transportation services cropping up in Orlando in response to the the you know loss of of Magical Express, and I think that's probably the the one hole that's still there. Is you know we we just we don't really have a, a service. There may be one out there, but I, I don't know of one. It's not you know being marketed particularly well. I don't know of one that says complete as Magical Express was. Well, no, no, no. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about in terms of handicap accessibility. Sure, I mean, that's, but that's what I mean. I mean, you all the Magical Express. That they were all buses and they all had the handicap lift in the right, back. Right, right. Because um, they had to have it. By right. No, but but I'm actually thinking specifically about the whole rideshare concept, right? Because to me, that's the big gap. I mean, there's it, it's it's you just said you know it's not that difficult, right? There's right. there's existing modifications that you can do to allow people to be able to, you know, run a, a wheelchair up a ramp into the back of a van, lock in safely and and go from there. Um, it would seem to me that there would be a market for that, right? To, to well, then it, they're not, it's not expensive, not inexpensive to do, but I think there is enough demand for it that you would make up for it. You well, would, of course. You would look at, look at the number of ECVs in every in the, line. In, <laughs> just in the parks. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I mean, so. if only half the people really needed the ECV, which is probably true. But it, but it doesn't matter because Willie, the right. problem that they have is that once they have the ECV, they're it's stuck theirs. with it. Yep. Right. Of course. If, they, if they're renting an ECV, they've got to get it back to their resort. And and for mm-hmm. those folks right now, you know, if if you think across the board, maybe ten percent of guests are using a rideshare service, mm-hmm. you know. Okay, so 10% of all guests are using rideshare services, but 0% of the people in ECVs are using rideshare services because none of the rideshare services can will guarantee can offer. an accessible right. yep. vehicle. Exactly. So if you're at, at Trader Sam's until, you know, until they close, there like you know, some of us tend to do, I've that's never probably done the that. option. Oh, no, I'm sure you haven't. Um, th- that's... There's no option but then to take a rideshare. So what are you supposed to do if you've got one of those bigger scooters, the ECBs that don't break down? You know, fortunately, my wife's does break down very easily into parts. Or actually, her the one that we have now that she travels with um, holds up like a stroller, so you can very easily right. stick it in the truck. But those but, ECBs that you rent from the different uh, places, some of which uh, previously sponsored the show, um, you can't break them down, and you can't put them anywhere. Right, but Tim, you you have something that most people don't have. Because if even if you have a handicapped child in a larger what I don't want to say stroller, but accessible vehicle. Right, right. Is that is 22, 27, 34 years old, they can't get in. Right. They can't. And what are you gonna do if, if you can if you can actually get them transferred into the vehicle? What are you going to do with their device? Their system right. Well, then you stand there, right? Or we need two vehicles. That's not going to work. Well, I mean, because we went through this when when we went there, when we were at Walt Disney World a few years ago with my parents. And, you know, my dad was waiting for his knee replacement. And so mm-hmm. we rented uh, ECV for him. And, you know, there were, there were a couple of times where we just, you know, at a certain point sent the rest of the family ahead to go ahead and, and grab a ride chair to get back to the resort and, you know, take a break. And, you know, somebody waited with dad for the, the bus to come that we could load the ECV on. Cause you know, that was the only way to get back to uh, Port Orleans, you know, with the ECV that right. didn't break down. Yep. It's a very underserved market. It really is. Uh, it's it's something that Disney would do well to take heed of. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, so, you know, we gave ourselves a focused topic, said we were going to stick to this specific to topic it. so we could keep it tight. And we still found a way to wander. But it was a good wander. <laughs> I'm glad we did it. Yeah. Because, because it fit the theme still, right? It's still all about trying to get back to a more normal-ish experience uh, with your, your Disney travel. So, um you know, I think it was still a, a valuable discussion. Um, hey, you know, we love the fact that everything's starting to get more normal. We'd love to hear from you and hear 
what things, you know, you're most looking forward to, what, what things will make things at the parks on the cruise line feel more normal to you, right? What's, what is the big thing that you're waiting for that will feel like it's a return to, to normal-ish? Um, let us know. Send us an email. Um, you can email the show generally at podcast at bizdad.com or you can reach out to us individually. Uh, you can, you know, fill in Willie on uh, proper etiquette at uh, the Hoop to Do Review by emailing him at Willie at wickedmousetravel.com. That's W I L L I E at wickedmousetravel.com. And uh, if you want to, you know, propose, make a business proposal to Tim about a uh, wheelchair accessible rideshare service in Orlando, you can email him at. Hey, I'm all ears. You can email me at tim.hicks at fantasticmemoriestravel.com. And if you'd like to get in touch with me personally, you can email me at Aaron, A A R O N, at mousemastertravel.com. Until next time, I've been your host, Aaron Rittmaster. And oh, hey, before I go, before I, I exit out with my co-hosts, if you can take a minute and rate and review the show, um, especially on Apple Podcasts, yes, we'd really please. appreciate it. It yes. helps people find the show. And if you would share the show, if you enjoy a show, if you would share that show on social media, um, you know, it helps other people find the show and um, expands the, the community here. And that's what we're all about, is building our audience is, Our audience is growing all the time, and we can always use your help to get more listeners. There we go. Please. Yeah. So, uh, until next time, I've been your host, Aaron Rittmaster, with my trusty co-hosts, Willie Crocker. Have a wicked wild night. And Tim Hicks. We'll see you real soon.